the views and opinions expressed by the guests on this podcast are that of their own. In no way, shape, or form do they reflect the official policy or position of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. Descended into the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack, a commercial diving podcast by working divers for divers. This episode is brought to you by Ocean Eye Inc. Ocean Eye's main focus is you, the commercial diver. With industry leading end to end service and expertise, they got everything you need for your next dive job. You need your gear maintenance or repaired? Need some new products or consulting? Ocean Eyes got you covered. Give them a call at 610-621-5750 or visit them online at OceanEyeInc.com. Oh, man. Another episode of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. We started Bottom a little bit early. Dive Shack. Start a little bit early, Johnny. See, I'm already slurring my speech. This is going to be a terrible episode, Jeff. Mm-hmm. No, it's wanna, fine. That's good stuff. We want to welcome uh, Jeffrey Gazarek to the show today can i can i pause the show but not pause the show i was really nervous when you sent me his name i was like jeffrey dahmer's is right or jeffrey <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure you were nervous you, got, you had like a yeah i got super excited yeah i got super excited i was like oh, i'm about to meet my hero this is gonna be yeah. great <laughs> but yeah. Did you get that Johnny's a lot? He's really into serial killers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you yeah. get that a lot in high school? No, not at all. No, not mostly, at all. Huh? M- mostly I, everyone yeah. thought I was Russian. So, okay. Uh, the last name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Growing up in Seattle, there, we have a lot of immigration of Russians so, and Ukraines. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's where you grew up in Seattle. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So, uh, well, outside Seattle, South Seattle, Federal Way, Tacoma area. So that's sick. What what whiskey are we drinking right now, Jeffrey? Uh, Weller Twelve Year I brought. So uh, this first one's a Weller Twelve Year, and then we'll go to WB Saffle, which Ooh. is which is like a one hundred and seven proof. Supposedly it it beat out uh, beat out uh, Rip Van Winkle Ten Year. In a blind taste test in Kentucky. It's one of Johnny's favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, uh, let's see, I brought Peerless and High West Barai. So, yeah. got some good stuff so, here. So, it's not like this lucky. all the time. It's not like this. Let's see, I knew you were going to say something. And Kristen's going to be listening to the episode and she's going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. You're working out there. Right. Hey, it's, yeah. you're off right now. Yeah. You're working, but you're off. There you go. Thank you, Johnny. Yes. Thank you for justifying, yeah. of course. Well, cheers. Here's to, uh, here's to a good episode. Cheers. So, Jeffrey. Hopefully. I, Clinky, I, tinky. I work with uh, Jeffrey and Moffat and Nickel. So, as you know, I now currently work for them. This is now going to be a Moffat and Nickel podcast, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Everybody turns it off. <laughs> no, I'm just no. kidding. No, but but seriously, though, we haven't had any representation from Moffat and Nickel you know, Not we've, one had, time. Uh, we've had MSI on the show twice. Mm-hmm. We've had a uh, mid Atlantic engineering on there. Mm-hmm. We've had Consor on our show and uh, now Moffat and Nichols up here. So 
it's yeah. uh it's pretty awesome just trying to keep it down yeah. So, so where do you primarily work out of, Jeffrey? Uh, Louisiana. So I'm out of the Baton Rouge office. I live in Lafayette. Um, you know, uh, I started my career offshore. Uh, moved down from Seattle when I was like 18, um, and did about 10 and a half years offshore. Uh, did it all from tender to diver to to mixed gas diver to sat diver to a dive support vessel supervisor. Um, I am a hurricane baby. Katrina uh, baby? Katrina Woo-hoo. baby, yep. Uh, went out there. Do you hate that term no. or is it okay? No, I kind of just live by it because, yeah. I mean, that's just what I grew up in. Because um, new I, divers don't know nothing about that. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, but a lot of the Katrina <laughs> people that, that made it through there, they're no longer in the industry or, like, some of them. I mean, let me rephrase that because I might get some daggers thrown at me, but a lot of us, a lot of them aren't in the industry anymore. Uh, I would say probably at least 70% of them probably aren't in the industry anymore, um, which is why the industry in general out there is, is kind of hurting for that mid-level, um, the mid-level uh, knowledge transfer, right? We, they have the, the very experienced people and then they have the um, inexperienced people, but that mid-level that are learning to become, they don't, they kind of lost that when the industry kind of went down in like 2015, 2016. Right. Cause it was a lull, a little bit of a lull right yeah, there. Yeah. It was, it was in 2015. Um, I know I was still working pretty steadily on my surface boat. Um, I think we did like 200 days that year, which is low for that boat. But I think at the end it was, it ended up going up, um, uh, I think 2017, 2018, it started picking back up for most mm-hmm. of the guys. And so, yeah, because it was a little bit dry during those years, and I survived because I, I was doing small little dive jobs here on the side. But a lot of my work was actually topside with the pile drivers, and uh, you know that's kind of what what allowed me to survive and then wait for dive work to pick up again. And you know that's kind of kind of how it was. Yeah, and a lot of my friends they ended up finding other work elsewhere. Uh, not necessarily diving, just like, and mm-hmm. then they, they just didn't want to deal with uh, being gone all the time yep. anymore at that point. They found something that could they could get by with, and so they just decided to um, move on from diving. And so you lost that that five year, uh, five to ten years of experience that needed to be there um, to help the youngers grow and the older be able to retire. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's been pretty crazy, you know. Hey, Freddie. Freddie G just popped in the studio as well. That's our audio engineer. Freddie. Freddie G. What's up, Freddie? He's frozen. Oh, my so, gosh. The Texas Internet. God. Ugh. So, yeah. So you came, you graduated right out of the gate <laughs> and you went straight to the Gulf. Yeah. So my brother. During went, Katrina. So my brother uh, went to the went to the Naval Academy and um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't want to go to college. And he took a class from NOAA, some guy at NOAA that came back to Seattle and gave us a tour of NOAA and they had some dive helmets. And I never even knew what like underwater welding or anything or, you know, at that time it was underwater welding. But I just saw the helmets. I was like, that's pretty cool. And they said, there's a school down the street. And it was DIT. So funny. And I was, so I checked it out. And sophomore year of high school, I decided I wanted to go be a deep sea diver. That's awesome. So, they got you. Yeah. Those ads yeah. really work. They, Those ads really work. work. <laughs> they, they got me. Do man. you want to make uh, tons of money? <laughs> Do 
Do you want to be an underwater welder? <laughs> yeah. And do you want adventure? I, yeah. I I thought I was getting into that, and and you know what? I honestly, my parents, I. I make fun of my parents every day because they didn't want me to do it, but it's been a great career for me. Um, it's been pretty steady across the board, even during the lulls. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was a little luck involved because that's late 2015 is when I left uh, offshore and I and Moffat Nickel um, wanted me to come over and kind of help out with their dive program. So it worked out really yeah. well. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the thing with the engineering you know, field is that you operate on contracts. It's not really typically projects, you know, you have the task orders and stuff and everything, but as far as a freelance construction diver, you're going project to project to project with an engineering firm, they get a contract for so many years. So, you know, there's going to be some work there at some point. So that's pretty cool that you were able to do that. I know during Katrina, I was working for an engineering company, infrastructure engineers, and uh, they kept me busy and everything. But part of me wishes I was able to kind of leave that and go you know, get some of that Katrina work. Boy, the money was flowing. Like we were right. talking off. I, I was hearing the stories and I you know, wanted to go, but I had that damn commitment that I signed. They paid for the dive school and everything. And, you know, I had to stick around. Not, you know, 19 years, like by then I was like 19. And like for the first year and a half, I didn't have, I was paid every single day, even if I wasn't working. So it, oh man, it was. Tell me about that. There's the standby rate. Yeah, I heard there were standby rates and so, there was standby pay when you weren't working, which was almost the same as when you were working. It was the same. It was the same. Okay. Even including the overtime, um, they were paying 12 hours plus, you know, so eight hours plus the four hours overtime every day you were home just to make sure that you were coming back out. Um, and then as it went away, it went down to like 12 hours of straight pay and then eight hours and then it went away. And then I, during Gustav, it came back a little bit, um, which is, I want to say 08, 09 is when Gustav hit. I can't remember exactly. Um, and then it went, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a fun time to be part of diving. I, you know, I hit it right at the right time. And if people want to call me Katrina baby, they can call me Katrina baby. But at the end of the day, it was a, it was a fun time. I wouldn't change it for anything. I, I have great friends and great experiences from out there. So awesome. It's not like you planned it, you know, like you saw the hurricane and was like, man, I'm going to go out there. No, I, yeah, like I already joined uh, dive school way before uh, uh, 2004. So, um, like I went straight out of high school to dive school. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun time. I I can't, I can't complain. Um, I think I was put into some positions. I think a lot of us were that we shouldn't have been put in. Um, I think that's what that generation was known for, like doing stuff you guys should not have been doing. Like yeah. the cowboy was alive and well. <laughs> yeah. So like three months out of dive school, I was, I think a lot of the divers out there that worked offshore, I was working in the Marlin field, which is like right outside Fushon. Um, and <laughs> they bought it from Chevron and we were redoing a bunch of stuff and we we're sweeping pipelines and, Somehow I got put on standby three months out of Red Hat, three months out of school. Um, and they were sweeping a, a pipeline, a six inch pipeline over, and they hit a mound, and the diver wasn't keeping his umbilical up and ended up uh, sweeping his hose over that or underneath that six inch, but they were, we were crossing a four inch pipeline. So at the end of the day, somehow I ended up having to jump and stick my pneumo up his hat and cut his hose or well remove his hose from his hat and bring him up with me and like 
you know, I'm five nine. Um, at that time, I was probably like 140 pounds, and I was rescuing a guy that was like six seven, two fifty. So mm. like, I just kind of jumped on him and mounted him. <laughs> Like stuck my nose off his head and like, and he was carrying me back as they were coming up on my hose because he had no calm, so they were running off by. But that's when I started implementing like the clip. So we have carabiners here at Moffat Nickel that we clip into the other person if we go rescue someone. That's our plan. Um, that's why we're together today. Is we were doing rescue drills here in in New York in our New York office. Um, you know, we we set apart when we do our CPR training. We do. Uh, we implemented a, a rescue training about, I think, eight years ago during that time because all the you can have all the plans in the world, but when you know if you're not practicing it, when uh, shit hits the fan, you're you're you can work it out. You can't. You got to figure it out. And um, the more you train on it, the better it's going to be. And and I know. You know, we try to do it at the start of every project, but sometimes projects push you a little faster and we at least try to do it once a month, at least some sort of drill to work you through the process. Um, but right now it's, you know, to get our, all our teams together because our teams get so integrated throughout the year. Um, you know, you have some of, the, some of the New York office working with some of the Long Beach office, some of the Louisiana office working with Seattle. Um, and we like to have it, across the board all our equipment the same every so it doesn't matter where someone shows up in new york or uh or wherever we are um all our equipment's exactly the same so and it's like you segued like a professional because that <laughs> is the topic for the show the today topic of the day yeah is johnny's favorite topic safety and safety. preparing for an emergency you know, yeah. and uh, I'm here with you as well. Obviously, uh, we're we're here in my room, so don't get any <laughs> funny ideas. I invited a, uh, a bald really man into my room. Seeing you guys in the same hotel room, I was like, "Whoa!" Because I forgot. But we have were. this. I thought you were still. We have this whole. Room. We have this whole place set up like a legit studio. Like I'm sitting at a desk right now, Johnny. I'm going to send you some pictures. I'm sitting at a desk, and uh, Jeffrey's on the couch there, chilling, drinking some whiskey. We we need to have a legit talk show. We we got to put this stuff like on video and and do our thing, don't you think? Yeah. Don't uh, you? Yeah. Think, you you I mean, two are in the same done. room? Yeah, dude. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's a sweet. Moffat and Mitchell don't mess around. Pretty sweet. Wow. I wouldn't well, God, what a waste well, of money. We, we can't we can't we can't, fu- we can't fully afford New York, so we're in New Jersey yeah, actually. We're in but, oh, okay, that's what I thought. Our 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 boat is stored in uh Jersey City, uh, like literally. I had some. I had a slice of pizza, and I had some Jersey Mike's today for lunch (laughs) in Jersey, and it tastes different, Johnny. It tastes better. Like the bread's better. Yeah, obviously the bread's better. Yeah, it's a water. But But I'll tell you what, though, the shepherd's pie wasn't. The shepherd's pie wasn't as good. I think I texted you. Had shepherd's yeah, pie for dinner at an Irish place down the street. See, now I'm bad mouthing the locale. We're not going to be invited back. Because it's Jersey. Who sense. cares? <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're here doing safety drills and it was amazing. I mean, I had, you know, such a this great is, time today. This and is my question. We went, 
okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Why, why do you have to, I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt. Why do you have to go to New Jersey to do safety drills when you're here? That's a good question. So actually he just to waste the money. (laughs) No, (laughs) (laughs) he was going to be doing the port things. That's what, that's what a port, the port of Long Beach would do. Oh, we could do safety drills here, but we're going to send you to Texas for two weeks. We're going to go to Catalina for a weekend to do some safety drills until somebody messed that up. Yeah. No, no, don't get me fired port. I will not get you fired. (laughs) So, uh, in Seattle, uh, he was going to go up to Seattle and do a project, and um, it, the weather wasn't working out as well. So uh, we made a call last week, since we were doing the safety drills here, that we brought him out because his, his CPR O2 is going to be due at the end of September. So we're doing it all at once right now. So we have the whole we can use him the whole summer up up in our modems and stuff like that. So it worked out well. Plus, he got to meet the team over here. Um, like I said, we're just trying to integrate everyone across the board. Um, just cause you never know when you're going to need a dive supervisor or a diver in, uh, any location or even show up to Guam or, or Dominican Republic, any of those places we travel. Um, we bring them from all over cause most of the time it's like we're sharing gear, right? Once again, integration of gear. So like we might bring someone from New York with certain gear, might in Long Beach will come with some stuff. And then like that way the, the team meets in Dominican and it's all planned out with all the right gear and everything good to go. So, um, yeah, so awesome. also getting familiar with what they got going on, like the boat here going through the system, the rack is a little bit different yeah. than what most racks are. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the air rack system? So that rack I built, um, strictly for Orsted, um, which is a wind energy company out of the Netherlands. Um, we do we design five of their wind ports on the east coast and uh so we it's an imca rack so it's a zero failure rack so everything has a ball valve everything has um you know there's a ball valve on the pop-off valves which i'm not really the ball fond valve of. on the pop-off valves yeah IMCA strikes again <laughs> you know that this was a shell approved uh rack from baytech and uh they they ended up uh so I just followed that process to make sure that it would it would uh, pass Orsted's Orsted standards. But honestly, um, we haven't really dove for Orsted <laughs> since we built that boat. But uh, um, but we have an IMCA rack. So we have an yeah, you're ready. Now, so yeah. Um, so IMCA, if you're listening, we're ready to go. <laughs> Yeah. Man, your cat's ready to go. It's all up in your face, John. I don't know what's happening right now. Everything's just going awry over here. I wish sometimes our podcast was more video because that cat is like all in your face. And I wish I could say the other term for cat because it would be hilarious. I don't think I can say that anymore. It's like 80 pounds. Say things like that. So this one. Freddie. Pretty laugh. So this one is WB Saffold. I heard you. WB Saffold is yeah. the next whiskey. So this, Can you tell us a little bit about this whiskey? So this one. That Johnny's not having or Freddie. This one's Ruse. Uh, Wild Turkey distilled it. It came from the Saffold family. So they bought the recipe from them. And uh, in a blind taste test from what I have read is that it beat out uh, in Kentucky a Rip Van Ten, so the Van Winkle 
uh, RIP and 10 in a blind taste test. It's a 107 <laughs> proof, just like the RIP 10, which I have a bottle of that at the house. I just, I didn't know you fully yet, so I didn't bring the RIP. No, okay. Sorry, well, no, no, that's a fair assessment. That's good. Didn't good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. I have a couple other stuff. I have some, I've like, I was telling my wife bought me for my birthday a couple weeks ago, uh, Saz 18, Sazerac 18. And then, uh, Ooh, there you go. Yeah. I have, I have a whole lot. I have like 80 bottles. So nice. Sure. Well, cheers. Here's to the second taster. Yeah, cheers. Man. It's like you, you gotta come with me next time. You could, you could yeah. share my bed. <laughs> yeah. Get a sofa bed. Yeah. It'd be nice. Real nice. Yeah. Forgot how good that one is. Oh it, my god, that is so smooth and delicious. Yeah, for 107 too. It's That's 107. Oh my goodness, I'm glad mm. that I don't have to walk to get to my bed. Just fall over. <laughs> yeah. Is this, this like super creepy, guys? Is this like super creepy doing a podcast in a hotel room right next no. to where I sleep? Okay. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you can we see the skyline. The behind me, Obviously, right? the weirdest yeah. thing when I walked in here is I'm looking into people's apartments. Like they're doing their normal thing. They got the blinds open. I don't know if it's an East Coast I'm, thing or I'm something. I'm watching a guy play Star Wars right now. Actually. Are they banging? Oh, geez. So. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I think if you were to look long enough, like a creeper, you probably would see that because all their blinds are open in a lot of these rooms. They're just shown out. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm going to admit it as well. I totally forgot to close mine <laughs> coming out of the shower one day. And I was, <laughs> I was like, oops. Yeah. I have to like kneel down and make sure no one sees me to grab my underwear and go back into the bathroom. Ugh. So gross. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You're going to be the rear window guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no. The weird window guy. Rear, but yeah, it was great. Rear window. I was able to get on the boat today, cruise out past the Statue of Liberty. Like, what's up? And then uh, we went to this little dock and then we, we docked there and started doing our safety drills. Um, so the big thing of the safety drills was to see if they're not to see if to j just to be able to recover a diver and get them back on the boat. I think that was a big thing. Yeah. And the main thing is, is like, we have divers that they're divers, but they're engineers, right? We're engine, we're, this firm is engineers first, designers first, and then they're divers. And some of them don't get out in the field that, that often. So we try to make it by region to make sure that they can get out in the field and understand like, and know what everyone's strength. Some guys dive a lot more than others and we can figure out what everyone's strength is. And so the supervisors that are in this region understand what everyone's strengths are. And, and it's not putting it in any place, but you kind of want to know what team you have when you're, you're planning your projects and what, you know, if all hell breaks loose, you can take care of it, um, of the situation. I mean, we were putting, uh, like a, I would say he was six three with a, with a five foot two um, woman. Yeah, and so and she was able to go rescue she him was. and bring him great, back. Great and then, job. And so it's it's running through those scenarios of like making sure that our team is able to rescue everyone. Um, when you're on site, if it doesn't matter where you are, and make sure they have the equipment that's necessary to do that. And we've bought stuff from like, hey, we need to fix this on this boat or that on that boat. Because every boat's different also. You know, some boats we pull them through the door. Some boats we have uh, pulley systems on them to, you know, with, you know, 
the manual pull system is usually the best form. The, the crank systems usually take too long. So, um, and then we also, as you saw today, when we dive from the dock, we have a system we call the iRide. Um, we had engineers design it out. That's one thing nice about having engineers in sight. And it wasn't over-engineered either. No, it wasn't because yeah. you had divers looking at it. But it, it's a it's a good system to pull someone over. Like if you're diving from a wharf, to pull someone over the rail, um, be able to get them on deck. And you know we used it in and we use it in Louisiana when we're doing a there's a bridge on I two ten that the the piers are fully encased by a fender system, so there's no way to get in as a diver from the outside. So what we do is we bolt down a hitch upside down um, on two separate locations in each one. So we're able to pick the person up to the fender system and then lower them back down to the boat if necessary to rescue someone. So, uh, you know, like I said, at Moffin Eagle, we're safety's number one for us. Uh, it's a, it's a second diving secondary rope access is secondary to us. We're engineers first. So we really focus on like making sure our, we have everything like lined out. So no one gets hurt. Um, and, and the big thing is that you don't know until you actually do it, you know. So if you can do it before the real emergency pops up, then you're more confident. Like everyone that was there from the East Coast offices, they all went through the drills. They all were on the rack. They were also the diver, the stricken diver, the recovery diver. And some of them found out today what some of their limitations were. And then it, w- it wasn't so much limitations. It's uh, uh, their 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 deficiencies and then they were able to fix that on repeat drills yeah so like up here we we uh in new york they use hot water a lot up here and so a lot of them don't use dry suits but our standbys jump and are supposed to jump in dry suits and and they they learned a lot about being comfortable in dry suits to a point that one of them uh told me that they were gonna you know every once in a while jump a dry suit instead of being in hot water so they can be more comfortable in it mm-hmm. um you know, our, our Seattle office is a little bit different. They only dive dry suits uh, when they're up in the... Yeah, they don't, dive in dry suits every day. Yeah. Um, they, they do a lot less work. So over here, they, they have more more work as far as like construction oversight in New York. So they're diving. So it's justifiable to have the hot water machine. But like in Seattle, they're diving two weeks here, you know, wait a month, dive another two weeks. So they're not in the water as much as the group over here. So I still think I need a hot water machine in Long Beach. It's it's (laughs) going to be on my list. It's going to be on my list. No, you don't. Do you know how much more work I would get done with hot water? No, you don't. No, you won't. No, you'd be down there in a bathtub, yeah. And you're going to want one of those diesel ones. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want that nice Landa you know, hot water, I need water it. unit I need you with the up. volume tank. And It'd be me and Sat. I need you up one degree. One degree. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. I, I yeah. am that guy. <laughs> go up to. Right. Go up to. Yeah. Okay, so besides when I did my year, when I did my year and a half and sat, I was that guy. One degree. Up too much. So, so you did a year and a half in sat. Yeah. So you're a big, bad sat diver. No, I do not consider myself a sat diver. Come on, dude. I I say I dove sat, but like I would take away from the guys that actually have done. What's the difference? I never did sat. We were talking earlier today. Like there's guys like uh, John Green, Doug West, guys that, um, that I worked with at Ranger that they've been doing it for 10, 20 years. And and for me to say if I was a sat diver and I only did a year and a half in sat in the pot, 
I, I wouldn't really consider it. So I, I have too much, too much respect for it. Um, I did it. I got a sack card. Um, I, I, but to me, there, I have too much respect for those guys that have done it, that have done 30 days on, 30 days off for 20 years, you know, um, it, that that's just the way I feel about it. And, and I, I love that I did it. Um, and you know, there's nothing like nice. having to go to the bathroom and at 300 feet pulling off your hot water suit. It's very cold. So, um, any of the other guys out there, they know what I'm talking about. Cause we've all probably been through it at one point or another. So that's awesome, man. So yeah, it, it pretty much, I, I guess you can call yourself whatever you want. Yeah. You know, you don't deep feel sea, comfortable. Yeah. You don't feel comfortable calling yourself a sand diver, but you'll, you'll claim deep sea all day. Deep sea all day. Yeah. yeah. Damn deep sea guys, Johnny. <laughs> Either that or diver extraordinaire. Whatever. Diver extraordinaire. <laughs> See you. Why not just call yourself a sand diver? You've already got the attitude for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's when I started cutting my hair too. Like because I had a my my trainer, my bell partner trainer. He uh, <laughs> he yelled at me once because I had like longer hair, uh, and like it was in the middle of his dive that I guess one of my hairs came out and got in his face. He blamed it on because he doesn't have long. He didn't have long hair, so <laughs> so your hair fell so, into his hat. Well, no, it's like right. I dove first, right? We dove okay. the same hat, pulled the Snoopy out, but somehow my hair still right. stayed in this in the thing. So yeah, it's your. Fault. Um, so at that point, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to, I, the money was so good. I didn't want to get kicked out just for that. So I just was like, I'm going to start shaving my head. So just oh stuck after God. that. So should have been like lucky it wasn't uh, another hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. short and curly. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! But no, I you know those you know those sad guys. They're it's something it's something else. Those guys are are good guys, and um, yeah, when you go, watching them walk in, like because I started out as a just a surface diver on the boat, uh, or yeah, on the boat or the barge. I was on both of them. So and just you know, I was in the you know you just kind of sit. Like you have to make a decision in your career if you're just gonna, you know, help out and, and kind of be this surface diver that's helping out on the deck with the guys and hoping for a shot at some point. And and it worked out for me. Um, I think my first run, there was a tie-in that we didn't know if we actually took the measurement correctly. And I was able to, in my first run, my first lockout, I was the first one out. I was it. We came in from weather, and I got put in because someone got staff. And then um, it was just all luck. And then I put in a spool piece. Of, I want to say it was like an eight-inch pipe, uh, I think 50 foot with a 63-degree 60, bend or something like that. I just remember it because it was my first run. And, and it all worked out. And at that point, I cemented myself into that system on the Crossmark 14. So It's awesome, man. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because throughout our careers, like we have these these jobs or these moments where we look back and we're like, man, that was actually pretty cool. You know, we remember it fondly. And uh, we also remember the people yeah. that were around us as well. And like we were joking around earlier. It's like, dude, we sometimes we work with a bunch of cartoon <laughs> characters. Yeah. You know? yeah. Dive in trades a weird, weird business. You know, you got these. It's the only business where you'll have <laughs> these geniuses like a like a astronaut. What's a starting it? What's a Mike Gernhardt? Like you'll have yeah, Mike Gernhardt in the water with you. And it's like you got that guy that's just like amazing genius, super analytical and everything. And then you've got 
Wiley Coyote yeah. with TNT strapped to him, <laughs> do, do. trying to get stuff done underwater. So, so do I need to tell the or story? You, uh, you got to tell I, the story. Okay, so so we were at Stardock for a long time, and this is when it was Timberon. Um, so Timberon got bought by Ranger. Everyone out there probably knows, but um, <laughs> they we we we, we own we didn't own it, but we stored our boats at Stardock, <laughs> and this guy. He would do like three months on the boat and then head back home to California and then come back and forth. And uh, he fell asleep in his car with a cigarette and his car started on fire. <laughs> and he comes running back to the boat. So the cars are stored on the other side of the levee. And this is in Berwick. <laughs> and uh, he ends up coming to the cabin. He's like, I need a gallon of water. And by then, he look up the side of the levee and the flames are over. <laughs> <laughs> And so and the captain goes, you're going to need more than a gallon of water. And he burnt like three cars that night. <laughs> and so. All for one cigarette. <laughs> for one, falling asleep with one cigarette. Right. And it, it's just, it's stuff like that that I'll, I'll never forget about some of the guys that I worked with. Um, another time at Stardock, we were. We came back from the Ratskeller. Most divers in, down in Morgan City will know, or it's no longer around, but at the time that was the bar. <laughs> and he, um, <laughs> we were, we just got back. We had a, we had a designated driver and everything. And just the guy that owned the truck was in the passenger seat and looked over at the driver and was like, you don't think I can kick my windshield out? <laughs> and then just <laughs> continues to kick his windshield out. That was unsolicited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. How did that even come up? Brand new show. <laughs> There's no conversation. <laughs> no, no. The truck was silent. <laughs> he looks over. <laughs> don't think I can kick the damn windshield out. <laughs> you don't think I can do it? <laughs> we were on some whiskey that night. So uh, brand new Chevy Silverado. <laughs> just kicked the windshield out. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gosh. Was he on multiple personality meds or something? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> talking to himself. <laughs> I sure can't kick it out. It, it was a so great, it was a pretty cold ride home then. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we were we just got back to the to the to Stardock. So like, oh geez, it wasn't even like on yeah, the way. We, it was like you were sitting and parked already. Yeah, we were. We just got back and we were about to get out of the car. And like he put it in park. He's like, you don't think I can kick this out? And next thing you know, there goes so, I mean, ridiculous. Was he Louisiana folk? It, uh, Texas. Had to have been. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. Same from Texas. That's the same thing. Yeah. He's from Texas. Oh, my gosh. But, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a good. But like I said, those fun times, I'll never, I'll never forget, man. I mean, I. We had we had some great times out there, and it was all about like the prank wars between each other. And oh my gosh, I got to hear about some pranks. Hold on, we're gonna take a quick commercial break to refill our whiskey glasses here, Freddie. We're doing a quick commercial, and uh, we'll be right back on the Bottom Dollars Dive Shack. This is Bobby Delise of the New Orleans-based maritime law firm Delise and Hall. For over forty years, Delise and Hall has represented professional divers working offshore in inland waters or anywhere across the globe. This is what I know. All divers and their families should develop a relationship with an experienced diving attorney before an emergency occurs so that if that emergency does occur, the diver's attorney is there to assist them in their time of need. Consider me and my partners, Alton Hall and Jeanette Delise, as your bailout bottle. Pray that you will never need to engage us but should an emergency occur, 
We're standing by to assist you and your family. Here's something else I know. Diving contractors, dive gear manufacturers, third parties, and their insurance companies have the money to have their attorneys on call. Why shouldn't the diver and his loved ones also have an attorney in their gear bag before they leave home? Want to learn how Delise and Hall will be there should you need us? Give us a call at 1-800-DIVER-55 or call me on my cell at 504-460-6200. That's 1-800-DIVER-55 and 504-460-6200. Visit us at our website, www.divelawyer.com or the Delise and Hall Facebook page. This is Bobby Delise signing off. We're Delise and Hall, the diver's attorneys. And remember, not all sharks swim in the sea. Thanks and dive safe. And we're back to the Bottom Dollars Dive Shack. I think we were going to get into some pranks. Yes, some prank but we have some whiskey that oh, we're going to shout me. out real quick. Whiskey. Yeah. So I don't have that, so I can't, I can't shout those out. Yeah, you're not as enthused. So we did. Yeah. This one's High West Barai. Um, you know that one, right? I do. They only release High West. They only release it now in Utah. Oh, uh, the Burai. Like they don't go nationwide with it anymore. Um, it's a ninety. It's odd, group. isn't it? Mm. Are they well, Mormon? Bourbon, <sighs> they are. No, uh, it's a bourbon rye. Utah. Mix. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. The thing is, is like what I loved about High West was they were they were taking other bourbons and whiskeys oh, and man, mixing them. Um, and they were really good at it. And then they started adding in their own their own juice, and it mm. it didn't work as, out as well, I think, with certain stuff. So they got rid of like Yippie Kaye, which was really good. They finished it in like a Saran, uh, Saran like vermouth barrels. Mm. Um, that's the one my wife likes. It's so nice. I have like six bottles left of it, but that's all that th- there is. Oh and wow. And, and you're like going to sell you little, them? Well, the, so the last time I, uh, they're about like, they're worth like about 500 bucks a piece now. But like the last time I opened one, I drank a quarter and I came home from a, from like being in Seattle or something for two weeks. And it was like, it was like a quarter of it was left. So my wife drank half of it. And I was just like, I, I asked her, I said, what, what happened? She's like, I had a rough couple weeks. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this it, is not a rough couple week whiskey, honey. <laughs> yeah, so it had it had a couple. It has a wine taste on the back end, nice. so like, so it's really good with a steak. But she ended up, she told me I'm not allowed to sell them because it's such a good like. Oh, nice. She likes them so much that so I, I won't. I probably won't. But I have two batch tens, so that's the first two. So a batch. So the 10th barrel they ever made, I had two of those bottles. So I actually got them up here in New York when I was up here. Oh, man. There was a place in Dominican town that actually had them. And uh, they had a case. And they didn't know what they had. So I bought them for like $100 a barrel or $100 a bottle. So mm-hmm. it worked out. Worked nice, out for man. Me, so. You guys should Talk get some more together whiskey. with Johnny, Johnny Pine Glass over there. I know. Pine Glass, if you're listening, we've got another whiskey yeah. guy here. Give me a shout. You guys can discuss the legend. Get the legend up in this. But yeah, uh, prank. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a boner now. He's a total boner. Boner hunter. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, tell us about some of the pranks, though. Okay, so it was off, a pretty offshore, funny like, you got to make the time pass. And so we would have some pranks here and there. Um, I think the best long play prank that I, we, I've There's seen. different pranks, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you got the short prank, like the matchsticks under the boot or something yeah, stupid, so you know? Like, I it's a baseball with, thing. I messed with someone once, and I came out, and my, my flip-flops were balled up into a thing of duct tape. Like, cause I mm. just got off a deco run. So it was like, it must've been like two hours in the chamber or something like that. Um, and so he sat out there with electrical tape and duct tape for two hours and just completely oh, balled wow. up my That's some dedication. My, and I only had one pair of flip flops out there. Oh so God. it was, it was brutal to get them cut out and not, damage them at the end of the day but james bear if you're listening you know i think he's a superintendent over at chet morrison now so <laughs> oh um, man but, but he he got me he got me pretty good um but <laughs> on the hindsight we <laughs> we got someone else um that he had those thong flip-flops that you have and we would cut halfway through on them and they kept on breaking on them like a. They you see what's good about it is you'll do it and then it won't break for like a week, maybe maybe three or four days. But he'd be in the shower and then he'd have to go the rest of the hit. And we did this like three times and then he finally switched flip flops. Had no idea. And this guy was my roommate also off the, off the beach. So long story short, like this is like five years later. He's like five years. He go he goes. <laughs> He's like, I hate those type of flip flops, and and finally we're like, we're like, why? He's like, because they keep on breaking at the thong part, and I was like, oh yeah, we did that, <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so found out that he finally broke them over time. So they, he's finally went back to him recently. This so. is hilarious. <laughs> I just imagine the gratification on your end when you told them yeah, finally yeah. after five years. I mean, now it's the biggest deal because this is, this is 10 years later, but... Like, you had at speed that, because of me. How yeah, funny is that? That's yeah. a great prank. And then you have to go the <laughs> and, whole... And AIDS. You, and AIDS. You have to go, you have to go the whole, whole rest of your hitch without having shower shoes. And as everyone offshore knows, that's just a miserable idea because yeah. you don't feel clean ever after you well, your feet are just covered uh, in slippery slime either that or like and then like uh. if, the, if the current ever touched your butt while you're showering it's just like you'd have to wash it again and then mm -hmm. it would touch it again and then you have to wash it, it i don't just, know what type of hair is worse that hair or the other hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's getting on your feet yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gross. It was, uh, am i having to mind my p's and q's now that i'm a professional diver no, like a, a real profession. diver now. No, I wouldn't even say that. To tell you Do you truth. have to? No, I don't. No. That's ridiculous. Que sera, sera, We're Johnny. professionals. I'm sitting here with a pint of whiskey in New Jersey, looking into people's uh, apartments. Yeah, right. Not. I, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but you know, we're, here we are. Here we here are. Here we are. <laughs> And you got a cat in your face. And the Laker game. Typically, that would be a cause for celebration, but it is a literal cat in your face. It's, yeah, it's a literal, literal cat. Yeah. Extraordinary. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, good times. Yeah. It, it was, like I said, I, I, some of the best times of my life were offshore. Um, you know, and, and, you know, at, 
I've tried to reiterate that to the, to the, you know, I, I, when I was in Seattle last week, I went to DIT and I, I talked to some of the students and some of the instructors and just tried to reiterate, you know, how important offshore is to the industry in general. And, and this is me speaking from the, so the other thing that we don't know is that we haven't, is I'm, I am the Gulf chapter chairman for the, for the ADCI. Um, so I represent the entire Gulf, not only Moffat Nickel from the inland side or the coastal side, the engineer side, but also the off- offshore guys. And I have a, a foot in every industry, right? Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in that other indi- in the offshore industry, and now I'm more in the coastal inland industry. Um, so I have I, I have a special place in my heart for offshore. Um, I, I respect all those guys out there. Um, I know what they do. I know what they go through. Uh, you know, it's, it's a it's an interesting career for those guys um and it's for some people and it's, it might not be for others so um i always recommend it because um, it's some of the, the diver that i am today is what made me out there so and I, I know you know you can't do both at some point either you grow up in the inland industry or you grow up offshore but you know uh i mean i, I mean you can you can do both, and but that's a special breed. Those are guys that uh, that I've come to know in my career that are tried and true, that are just as good offshore as they are well, inland, and they're legends. Well, and they leave their ego out, right? And I know an inland yes, guy. Exactly. I know, I know that's one, a huge thing. <laughs> I know one. In, the most humblest people you'll know yeah. are the best usually. I know. Or, I mean, not usually, but one inland guy that was an offshore guy that went inland, started a company. It's actually. Uh, I think it's Gary Smith, but he ended up, he had this company called Acme. That's what Tiburon bought for their safety record so they could go offshore. Um, and so he was still working for us. And uh, we had a bunch of breakout divers. I was a tender. And like, he cut like, it was like a, I want to say like a 48 inch case on. He cut like three quarters of it. And then so all they had to cut was like a foot. Went through a full rotation with this team and uh it was just swiss cheese across the board and then gary gets back in line and goes decides instead of going he could have went over it because where we were on the death we had to be 15 feet below and it was black water because you're 15 feet below the mud line he ends up cutting underneath it just to show all the breakouts (laughs) how much they screwed up oh that's cool and so it it, it was it it was a lesson learned that i never wanted wanted to be that guy um that you know, thought they were hot shit offshore. Mm-hmm. Um, I always told everyone I was the second best burner in the Gulf. There's everybody else, and then there was me. So that, that's how <laughs> I that's how I explain being a burner. That's, that's awesome. how good I am. So that's the thing, man. Is if you can do it, you do it, and there's no need to talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's usually the guys that are the loudest and the, you know, biggest egos that are like, eh, I don't and, know about that. And then a lot of people made fun of inspection divers, which is where I started. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I was on inspection boat. Eight, I made a killing like 18 hours a day, um, just doing daylight hours, just doing inspections across the board. And I got all the dive time because it was like usually four divers and four tenders. And then the, the tenders would dive with, mm-hmm. they would do the, sh- we would do the shallow stuff. So that's how I got a bunch of in water time yeah. was being on that day boat 
not being on the 24 hour boats where it was just a rotation of divers rolling through like eight yeah. divers on a rotation. So yeah, that's a big thing too, is that sometimes you get lucky where you do have a lot of early dives, whereas some of the other guys are stuck as tenders for like a year or two on yeah. some of the deeper and, stuff. Yeah. If, and, and then if a superintendent or a supervisor likes you out there and they just keep you on that boat, it's great because you're making 12 hours a day and you're always working and it's great. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we all got in this industry to dive. And so mm-hmm. I got lucky because I got put on with a, a newer supervisor who didn't have his own boat. So most of the inspection boats were like rented boats that we would just put a dive spread onto. Um, and so I got really good at like, like deep gas inspection, uh, shallow water inspection, stuff like that. And then what happened was one of our four point vessels uh, ended up not getting they got a couple inspection contracts and um, the construction divers, they weren't that good at hose management. You know, they normally go down to one spot, work there and that's it. Mm-hmm. When you're doing inspection, you got to watch your hose for anodes and everything else. Cause you're going to get foul. And so like that, that superintendent kind of made a <laughs> deal with me that like he would teach me the construction side and I would, I would do the other, I, I would, I would run the, the inspection side of stuff for him. And it, it worked out well for both of us because I became a really good, uh, I could nail up a flange up and I could, I could burn a little bit. Not, not a lot guys. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a burner. I'll, I'll be honest there. So he's a really good burner. I'm sure. No, I'm no. sure. Okay. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> honestly, I guarantee I'm the worst burner in the golf or ever. So, uh, you know, I, and, and there was probably, I, I got triggered. Like I did at one point take a pop at like two twenty, um, that like cracked my O-ring crew in my hat. Oh man. Yeah. So, and, and like I was in the field position and then like the company rep was, was asking the supervisor, like, cause they had feed to the cameras, to the rooms. It was like, what's he doing down there? And they asked, and I was just like, I'm just in the field position, guys. And then they called my dive <laughs> after that. And so <laughs> I've just always been scared of like making a hot. Yeah. Like, just, just that word, you know. So getting flashbacks. So then that, that's like we were talking about this earlier is like, you know, if, if something, if I have something worried in back, I'm not just going to do the best job. So like when I hit the water, you know, if we're in, shark infested water whatever i'm at that point it's my time to go um i can't have any control over that but the stuff that i can have control of i can focus on my job at the mm-hmm. time and burning kind of ruined like after that pop i was pretty much ruined is like that's something i couldn't control i mean you yeah. can control it if you talk to john Rowe, but um but yeah i never i never really learned the proper techniques of how to burn so I'm just saying, like, those are the worst accidents is the ones that are totally avoidable in hindsight. Yep. And you're like, oh, my God, seriously, they did that. They made that diver do that. Mm-hmm. And then the company mm. changes afterwards because of a death. or And, and that's the worst. Yeah. When you design safety, you know, mechanisms or, or, or come up with safeguards <laughs> after, after accidents and after deaths. Yeah. yeah. It's I, like, why don't you do it before? I remember a death that they were burning and they were supposed to, they were supposed to do hydraulic cutting for some reason, the hydraulic cutter was down. So they decided to burn and then they went up to either hook up the, I mean, I, I don't know this is hearsay. So, but they went up to hook up the crane, right. But they had to burn pad eye holes for the crane. Mm-hmm. 
but all that gas from the bottom cut went up and then the, oh, his geez. last words were make it hot and so oh and they they went through and that's when management changed from what i remember at least at at the company that i was at that's what i remember when management change became a big thing offshore was across the board um i forget the the oil company they were working for at the time but um it became a big big ordeal is that like if you're going to change your procedures and that's when procedures got a lot bigger too because we used to just go out oh this is a pna but now there's steps across the board there should be steps at your company <laughs> across yeah. the board um of how you're operating like for this project you know um, granted, what we do now is just inspection, so we just get to go look at stuff. We don't do any heavy construction or anything like that. Uh, we get to tell the construction divers what to do, um, where they screwed up. It's always the best thing. I know. Going from, from one field uh, being the hated enemy all over again. I wouldn't have made that mistake. But <laughs> exactly. So I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, it's not what I would do. <laughs> but, okay, go ahead. Those bars are touching. Johnny knows I love doing that. <laughs> I wouldn't do it that way, but hey, yeah, I'm just not going to go. I'm just I not going to do it. it. I no, just won't no. do it. <laughs> so, so how's life at the port without me? Huh? Oh, fine. I mean, we just, uh, I know you miss me. It's quieter. Pure sure. face. Yeah. We, we, we took out a pile. We helped docks and piers. Per usual. Oh my gosh. I am missing all the good stuff. Yeah. We took a pile out, replaced it. That was, that was pretty much it this week, you know? So How far. How do you feel that he now inspects and you have to go fix what he finds? Oh, we don't do that. They don't. We, they, we they, still just send people. Yeah, out. we don't. They'll just sub it out. Oh, okay. Come on. Long Beach. Oh. Come on. We have to do something with our money. <laughs> okay. No. <Yeah. laughs> That's the worst part of this whole thing. <laughs> is that you're still going to see me putting around in your building or nearby. Yeah. That's not yeah. worse. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Oh, okay, cool, man. See, he really yeah. does like me, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, oh, I got to so make sure I bring you some pizza. After, yeah, from Chicago, though. Grease, grease the wheels. Get some oh, beers and pizza. Or am um, I now going to be federally prosecuted for saying that? I don't oh, think so. I don't know. I Oh crap! I got an I don't know. Freddie, cut that. <laughs> cut that. Yeah. Why? Cut that, cut oh, that, Johnny. Oh. man, but um, yeah, no, it's great. I'm having a great time here. What's up? I was gonna say, besides the uh, or ask, I was gonna say besides the um, the meeting that you guys had over there on the East Coast about safety drills. How often do the uh, other guys, the other teams from all over, do their safety drills? For you guys, is it a good question? <clears throat> so we do them like the group. So we try to do them every month. Um, really, you're supposed to be doing them before every project, but we have long, like like uh, we were saying earlier, we have long term contracts, so it's hard to do it. So we try to get them included every month with new personnel. Um, but these specific training we do, we coincide with our two year CPR first aid O2 training. So we do a, a day of CPR first aid O2 with our gear that we're using. We use diverse aid um, and, and all their, their AED systems and whatnot. And then we move second day onto the vessels and the trucks that we're diving and we have them set up 
side by side. So we'll dive off the vessel for a little bit and then we'll dive off the truck for a little bit. And if we're having issues on one of them, we'll focus more on the truck or more on the, you know, it depends on how often people are diving off of what. So if they dive off the boat a lot, they're really good at it, but they might dive off a wharf here and there off a truck. Then we'll, we'll focus on that a little bit more. So they get a little more experience on that. Um, and, and that's every, so every two years we're doing it. Uh, COVID kind of screwed us up for a little bit because it was essential, essential at the time. So we, we had to wait a year on that stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it, it works out well for, for how we operate. Um, I, I just like, you know, people knowing what they're, their experiences and what they what they're capable of doing and what they need to focus on uh you know and i think a lot of the guys out here they 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 need they even said that they need to focus on dry suit um being comfortable more in a dry suit because we our hot water system up here only gives it to one diver and we don't have a splitter on it for the second hot water suit so um and i think the big thing was too is is that being able to know that you can recover a diver. I mean, it's just so much confidence knowing that, yes, I've done it before and mm-hmm. I can do it, you know, and I think that's huge. And I think every company needs to do that. Yeah. You know, kudos to the company I'm now with. And I'm not just saying that just because uh, they're, no, I'm just kidding. They're not paying me to say that, <laughs> but uh, I'm not just saying that. I, I, I just can't remember another company that would pay for people to do this stuff. That's, you know, paid solely by the company. So everything usually has to be billable, you know, but this is hundred percent on Moffat and Nickel that they're doing. Yeah. So we, we implemented this about, I want to say, so I joined eight years ago. So we implemented this about seven years ago. It, it started becoming a thing when I was offshore. Um, it wasn't really Mm -hmm. at first when I was out there, uh, and so it's something that I brought over. I said, we need to do something so we know that we can rescue people at all our platforms. And that's originally the plan was to make sure, because we have all these great plans, right? We're engineers or they're engineers. I'm just a diver. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we think about. And um, and so we started implementing this across the board to see what we needed to get. And we actually, you know, you just joined us and we've kind of, narrowed out everything, but we've worked on every single boat separately and figured out the best way to rescue someone on each one. And we have multiple ways to rescue people. We have davits on some, but we also still plan on pulling them over the edge. But if it goes bad, um, we'll have the davit ready to go at all times, just in case for some reason we have someone that doesn't have the same strength um, as someone else, or we have a bigger person in the water that we can't lift up. Um, that helps you with team selection too, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, we we do plan for our guys, and and it's not just like a warm body thing for us. We're looking at multiple things, right? Like engineering level, team leader level. Um, you know, we have different standards to run by than just being a diver or or whatnot. So it's a it's a harder to select the correct team for the thing. So nice, and like I said, you know, really wish everyone were to take out at least a day a year to do some recovery drills. I think that's really important. So it doesn't matter if you're in engineering, construction, or public agency, Johnny. Right. I I think you need to know whether or not you can lift that big old fat dude out of the water. 
and if you can't, then find another way, like a davit. Yeah, and the ADCI, they have we we have the standard that that is at the start of every project, and that it's kind of look. We just need to be responsible across the board. Every yeah. company needs to be responsible and and make sure that their teams understand what the process is and make sure that it works and that it will work when you guys need it because I've been in the situations that I'm not happy about that I've had to go rescue people and go get hoses and and whatnot and it's just not a comfortable it's not comfortable to be in that position uh, when you know people are needed to be on surface quickly so it it's one of the re- it's one of the reason I went into safety at Moffin Nickel is and it's not because Moffin Nickel was unsafe. Uh, they were they were they were actually leading the pack at the time, but you know, I, it's it's partly why I've kind of focused my career mostly on safety uh, after I left the Gulf. So because um, I, I don't want anyone to be in the position like I remember freehanding with a reciprocating saw, saw offshore, like you know. A breakout diver just trying to prove myself and mm-hmm. and no one should be in that position right i have a jack up leg on one on a four inch pipeline and then and and that's my my main my main goal behind it is is not putting anyone in a position that now that i look back at it it looks it looks cool and everything but at the end of the day it wasn't the smartest decision no and and, and, and we kind of talked about this in previous episodes and even today it's like you know when you're younger you're going to, you're going to do different things than when you're older, mm-hmm. you know, it's like our career becomes like crap becomes real. Once you start losing friends and start losing, you know, people that you've worked with before. And then that's when it's like, you start to seriously take an interest in like, you know, trying to make things better. And unfortunately by the point you come to that realization, you're already out the door and it's like, no one's left to pick up the mantle. So that's yeah. the thing that we're trying to do is push to the younger audience that there are better ways to do things. There are safer ways to do things. And uh, yeah, you can still be a badass, but you can be alive when you're 40 years old. Yep. And and I'm 37 now, so it's like I, I've I've been in the industry for a while, and it, it's a lot of guys. Some guys are starting at 37. Like I remember being in. I don't school. get that. I, I mean, I'm sorry, well, to, but <laughs> they a lot of the guys that I was rough. in dive school with that did it. They were. A former military that retired, so they were right around 37, 38. And we just lost like a third of our runs, Johnny. Lost <laughs> a third of the guys listening to us. Yeah. So, you know. Um, it's it's got to be tough, though. It, it, I'm sorry. It, well, no, I interrupted it, uh, you. It's uh, just I'm thinking like 37-year-olds with like, you know, three kids already. And it's like, oh, no, my goodness. So, so this is this is what I ran into offshore. It's like I was a lead tender at 19. and. Mm-hmm. We had a guy out of dive school that was 40, that was mil- and he, I lit into him one day and he could not handle it. At the end of the day, he couldn't handle being yelled at by a 19 year old because he came out of the, it seemed like he came out of the military and he was the, I don't know what, what rank he was, but he was higher up. And obviously, like anyone that mm-hmm. 19 coming into the military enlisted. So he couldn't handle that portion of it. And, uh, and he ended up, kind of dragging up that's gotta be tough it's gotta be like I, I agree i mean we can do a whole separate episode on why yeah. do you think a lot of those navy well, divers you know don't and, stay in and, and well interesting and that, that was because they know their stuff well he was he wasn't even a navy diver he was just a navy uh i can't remember oh. what his position was but he went to dive school at okay. bit and and went back and came out um i think that 
brought up, I asked when I was at DIT last week, why, why is the Gulf not getting divers so we could change? And part of it was that some of the military guys just, they don't need to go be in a group, a small group offshore in a boat, you know. And so I think that's partly why the, the Gulf doesn't have as many guys offshore anymore is because the, you know, DIT and all the schools are usually using a lot of the GI Bill to pay for that. And so yeah. I think if we can get the younger guys to go offshore, I honestly, like I said, it was a great career choice for me. It's not for everybody. Um, you know, the attrition rate is high because some people just can't be, they want a life outside of work. So, um, and when you're gone 200 days a year, it's, it's tough, right? You're gone for 200 straight days, weekends, everything else. So, but you're forced not to spend any money. Yeah, until Amazon created. You should you should have seen. Oh, really? Like, They're getting when, packages delivered to Rigs so, now. No, no. <laughs> I was like, gonna say. When, when when I was like when I was in Satman, I was like on my iPad. Oh, like, we oh, were sending it out. And, you got more time to do shopping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you spent the Sat money before you got the Sat yeah, money. Then I get home. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it, the higher pay comes higher responsibilities. It, yeah. But it wasn't even that. It just was like, lifestyle accordingly. It was, was gas. And that's when Amazon just started blowing up early in like 2010-ish, 2009 or whatnot. And we were just, and we got internet offshore and it was stable across the board. And oh, so wow. yeah. we'd have like routers brought in. They would make yeah, it. That's a different game now, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know how they do Imagine it now. Imagine back but when they used to read books in SAT. Yeah. Yeah. They, God, they used how to, terrible. <laughs> freaking books. <laughs> I read a book on the plane today and I felt so weird and out of place. So the, the iPads, we would have to send in and out at the end. But um, we used to have these little like chargers that we could plug in, but then they, they took them out. Um, and then if we got... They, they told us they'd take us out of SAT if they found them in there again. So, You can play video games in a SAT now? Well, I don't know if you can or not. Uh, I, I haven't actually talked to a SAT diver lately. He just said they took them away. So, so you got to sneak them in they your were, prison pocket. They, they were pressing the Xbox in. So we would have to press in our iPads and press in our, our, our phones. And then they would, like right before we went on our bell run, we would send them out to the LST and then he would charge them for us. And that's how we were supposed to be charging. But we did have like connections, like where the lights were, like the watertight connections. People would create these like these connection boxes that you could plug USBs into, so we could charge them. In. Cool. But it's like prison, it's like prison, Johnny. <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to. <laughs> you you were not supposed to do that. I don't know if they do it now or not, but um, I don't think you're supposed to. It's, it's supposed to be a, a watertight connection, and the connection from the cord to the iPad is not watertight. So it's not my uh, my yeah, expertise. Right. It's so not, if you guys yeah. are listening out there, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freddie wants to know if he could play Xbox. We can, but. Get, we can get a real sat diver on here. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness, no, this is great. But, oh man. So which whiskey is this again? This. Is our last one? So yeah. peerless. It's a 109 proof. So oh my gosh. Oh, this is a, this, so this is a, this one's a cool one's gonna put you to bed. This is a cool story. So this guy um, that owns peerless, his great, great grandfather created it. And then it kind of defunct. And he was some sort of big uh, investment guy for some, some school district in this area, but he lived in Kentucky somehow. I don't, I don't know what, how that worked out, but 
at the end of the day, he ended up starting Peerless again and bought back the original, uh, like alcohol code. Like, so it's like KY 050. So they're like the 50th distillery ever. Oh, we normally, he said it took him like three years to do the. To, to go through the litigation and get that number back for Peerless Distillery because now they're in like the, the thousands, right? Mm-hmm. Like so now it's like, but he wanted the fifty because that's what his great grandfather had. And it's cool. the same recipes. The cool thing about Peerless is they only they their racks are only five high. So like if you go to like uh, Heaven Hill or Buffalo Trace or any of those big guys, I mean their racks are like thirty, and then they have to rotate them, but their racks are five high and they do not rotate from my understanding. And so like every barrel tastes different depending on where it is. So every single barrel you get has its own uh, tasting notes on it. Oh, wow. I want to say this one might be lemoncello. It's got a very lemon flavor. I can't, I can't remember, but um, I got like three and you can only get, supposedly you can only get their single barrels if you buy a barrel or if you go to the distillery. So, wow. So, and you go to a lot of distilleries from what I've heard. Yeah. So me and my wife, we do, we try to go up at least once a year to Kentucky, maybe twice. I got her, I got her into bourbon, so I don't have to go to wineries as much. So that was the key. Oh, nice. So um, the distilleries nowadays have really good restaurants, and a lot of good, a lot of good stuff going on. So um, I, I, if anyone's out there, I would go to Kentucky rather than Napa Valley. Oh man. So we're going to open up a Kentucky office. Uh, I would hope so. Oh, we got we got some people in Nashville. Though, so. <laughs> oh, um, they work remote, but I think Nashville. who's who's the big Kentucky firms out there? MSI. Okay, well, if you like MSI, we had a couple of their people yeah, on yeah. coming after you. Uh, they're 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 good guys. Can't so. say that, Johnny. I didn't say it. Can't say that. I I can't say that. You can't. Say hey, that. Don Don took care of us when we had a board meeting out in Kentucky, oh, that's and, awesome. and I. I love it out there. I love those guys. We team with them all the time. So they're, they're, it's good, good operation they got over there. So. This is so weird. Back in the private sector, back to the cutthroat business of cutthroatiness. Yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be cutthroat. There's, uh, it doesn't. No, not, not when it comes to diving. No. I mean, yeah, you're all going after the same. We're all going to see, I got to say we now. Yeah. We're all going after the same contracts. But when it comes to diver safety, we should really all be on we, the same damn page. You know, and, and that's the thing is like, so when we were rewriting the ADCI, like scuba standards, um, we were creating a checklist, like just a, a ADCI check, like just a basic checklist with David Dodd. And and I, I, I had to send a release from Moffat Nichols saying like, look, we do not see this as proprietary to us. Um, this is diver safety. Yeah. And, and that's, and it was our checklist and, and we looked at Consors and we looked at ours and we made the best checklist that was possible between the two. And, and it actually, there's a couple things they had on theirs that we didn't have on ours and a couple things we had on ours that they didn't have on theirs. And it works out. Like it's all about diver safety. That's all, that's all we care about. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's all, you know, Moffat Nickel and, and us care about. So We're all part of the same Jedi council. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All part of the same Jedi Council. Yeah. You know, some of us may be, you know, Sith mm-hmm. and trying to steer us in the wrong direction. That's me. But, you know, I'm an Anakin. Yeah. Dave Dodd's like my Yoda. Yeah. 
you know, they had their differences, but they're still on the same team. Yeah. Wait, shit. No, there's no crap. The, the key is, is that <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Everyone I just is, said we were on the bad side. We're on the bad side. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're not. We're not on the bad side. That was a but, terrible, <laughs> terrible <laughs> analogy. Well, I just you, call myself a uh, Darth Vader. You Johnny. are your fourth whiskey deep, so I know. I'm blaming yeah. that on the whiskey. But we're because I'm definitely you, not Obi Wan. That's for darn sure. <laughs> yeah, you know we, Johnny. What Jedi are you? I'm somewhere in the Sith Lord. Jar Jar Binks, or you're no straight way. Sith? Yeah, I'm terrible. He really is. He really is straight Sith. This Johnny guy. Oh man, I, I can't say the stuff on here, but he is Sith all the way. <laughs> I'm more Chewbacca. Chewbacca, yeah, that's, Chewy. that's a good one. I love yeah. Chewy. Just kind of hanging out, but kicking ass at the same time. Wait, the guy who has no hair is more of a Chewbacca. This make I don't make sense. the rules. I don't make the rules. I don't. Sorry, Dave. I'm not Anakin. I'm not going to, you know, turn to the dark side. I'm, I'm more of that guy foul. who was on Jabba's shoulder. That one character who was on Jabba's shoulder, just <laughs> laughing the whole time. Oh yeah, uh, I forget his name, but yeah. Oh my gosh, we've really gotten terrible. off track <laughs> yeah. here. But, so <laughs> it's my back, fault. Back to diver. It's safety. actually your fault. Yeah, back to diver. You and your safety. delicious whiskey. I mean, so at the end of the day, we we think about all and and. It's not just our company, but it's just the industry as a whole. Um, I think at the end of the day, I, I've i given up some stuff like our OTS checklist to, um, I know a couple of people called me after the ADCI podcast that we had and asked me for, like, what, what did we find that, that we had? And I, I have no problem giving that up. It's, it's not going to make you more productive than us. It's just going to make you safer. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what really matters, to, at least to me, is I, I you know, I, I at one point had to go do an investigation after a death. Oh, and, my God. And he, the, the boat wasn't there. The person wasn't there anymore. But it really hit home when we found the booty of the person. And so at that point, that's when I made the, the uh, I've really focused a lot on because I, I don't want anyone to go through that. I know they have families. They have everything. So. Um, it, it just, you know, it really hits home. So, and I wasn't the one that found the booty. It was just, it was one of the right. drivers did. No, but when you see it come up on deck, it still hits as hard as anything else. So, you know, especially like I said, you know, especially if you know the people, when you start losing people, then it's like, man, this... even if you don't know, yeah, no, I mean, true. you know, it could be you down there, right? Like if we you... all felt for that kid that died at CDA, you yeah. know, and, uh, that, that was tough. You know, and then we've also heard stories with companies that we worked with that have lost people. And it's like, man, you see the the families that are impacted, and you don't want anyone to go through that stuff, well, and especially yours. I'm I'm pretty sure one of the the deaths that I know of that I'm thinking of is is that the lift bag got loose and like ended up his hose was just yeah. not not routed correctly, and that was just a basic mistake, you know. And we were talking about how. Why do ROVs just sit over sites and like so the supervisor can get an oversight of yeah. that area, like right? The all-seeing eye. But if if the supervisor was there for that guy, or sorry, if the the ROV was there for that guy, if they had the ROV in the water, if they had the viz, they the supervisor could have said, "Hey, you know, reroute your hose before you start filling that up." 
Um, you know, there's there's just a million things that you know, and, and there's bad situations, but the goal is is to bring everyone home. Yeah, so. and and mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I loved about the port. There's so many good things that I loved about the port of Long Beach. A lot of things that they're doing right. You know, I really love that they have the standby diver dressed in, ready to go, ready to save somebody. It saves so much time. If you got a splash of standby, Johnny, we're in, or you guys, see, I can't say we anymore. <laughs> you guys are in there in like yeah. literally what, like 30 seconds? We're ready to go. Yeah. If that, we, we timed maybe it less. today. One person was one minute to put their, like, they, they have the dry suit half on. It's, it's what, 75 degrees here today. So yeah. they didn't keep their dry suit on. So they have it. We allow them to have half on, but it was one minute for them to once they got sealed up, um, and then they went for their their hat and their bailout to put on. So um, that's still pretty good. It, it's, it's but I'm saying good. though, like with the poor Johnny, like how like thirty seconds maybe. Yeah, if that. I mean, if that. Like you guys are yeah. ready to go. We're ready to go. I mean, you were there. You sat there. Yeah. You had your fins next to you. Everything was already hooked up. Everything you were on at the bottle, off the hat, all ready to go. You were ready. I love that. And I wish the whole industry would do that. And I think uh, hopefully we can work towards that at some point down the road. Um, but the other thing, too, that we were touching on was the, uh, the camera system. I love that the camera system was fully set up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even though we're not charging the client or nothing like that, you know, given there was no clients to the Port of Long Beach, but at least you had the right. camera there, weren't recording, but you had multiple eyes on, you know, potential problems. Well, and that's the ROV thing. Yeah. That's what well, I was getting at. You're saying, that, but not only that, it's a way, like if you lose comms, it's a way to know that the guy is still there. Um, because if, if you're, if you lose comms, you can flash the light and then he right. gives you the okay sign. So he can, because, re- you know, like we were saying, sometimes we're 600 feet into a, a wharf and like we've done a couple bends and a couple other things because we're looking for a certain pile and you can't do line pulls. Like I know that's our, our thing, and like that, that's our thing. That's our plan. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you, you sometimes just need a camera. Like right now we do unsolicited pneumos, like, and the person starts working themselves out, but there's no guarantee you can work at like listening to the rack to see if they're actually, if there's air moving through the rack at that point. But if they have a leak, that could be a false negative or a false positive. I mean, so it goes back and forth. Um, but I like camera systems because of that, not because we're recording. It's mostly because you can, you do sign language back and forth to yeah. each other. So another set of eyes. So, like I said, you know, there's there's multiple agencies, multiple uh, companies that are doing good things. And uh, it's all about sharing that information, seeing what works for them, might work for everyone else. And uh, oh, yeah. I love safety drills like what we did today because it kind of opens your eyes a little bit. And if you do it on the regular, then you con- you're continually improving on the system that you already have in place as a company. Um, and I think that's amazing. I had a great time here in uh, New Jersey here for another day. What are we doing tomorrow? NDT. NDT. N. Nice. DT. Yes. Not diving today. That's the acronym for NDT. We're doing more topside stuff, but there's some underwater aspects to it. Yes. So awesome. Oh, it's great, man. This whiskey is amazing. Thank you, Jeff, for bringing the whiskey. Yeah. This is awesome, Johnny. Wish you were here. Tasting yeah. this whiskey, but you are on the wagon right now. 
How's that going? I'm about halfway on, you know. Okay, well. Sometimes <laughs> it's hard when it's, you're an alcoholic to well, stop. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's hard when you're an alcoholic. Yeah. But I can put it down as easily as I can pick it up. So, yeah. I have 80 bottles of whiskey. I can prove that I'm not necessarily an alcoholic because mm-hmm. they're still sitting there. So Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, they'd be gone. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, they'd be gone. No, this is great, though, man. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey, for coming on and sharing some insight. Yeah. This has been and, a good episode. And honestly, it's partly my position at the ADCI to, you know, my contact information is on the website for ADCI. If anyone has any questions or anything, you guys can reach out to me. Um, also, oh, one thing we forgot is yes. I need content for the ADCI yes. Instagram. Let's hammer that um, hard. Guys, you guys can message us. Um, it's me and Gary Jones kind of running and we're trying to. And we don't want to make it a Broco Moffat Nickel, uh, you know, picturesque for us. Um, it's but if you're not sending nothing, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're about to get hit with a bunch of training videos, I'll tell you that, or training pictures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe just one. But I, I just want to make sure that everyone, you know, look, this is like, if you see something cool, your guys are doing something cool. It, it doesn't even have to be, as long as it's diving related, it doesn't have to be divers in, in the water. It could be, if you're swinging over a 200 you know, like a, a 200 foot spool piece that to me, that looks pretty cool. Like with a knuckle boom crane, if you have a good picture of that, send it over. I mean, we'll, we'll post it. We'll, we'll tag the company in it. I mean, make sure your safety department goes through the picture, picture to make sure <laughs> nothing's, nothing's wrong with it. But you know, we don't, we don't mind tagging the companies in it that are ADCI and, and whatnot, but uh, you know, give us some content so we can start, you know, growing the industry and growing the individuals in the industry. So. Yeah. And everybody knows that's been listening to us for a while. Um, we do an ADCI podcast called the downline. We produce it for them and mm-hmm. uh, it's a good show. Super informative, keeps you up to date with all the latest in the uh, diving industry. Um, for those that are out there, that are non-member companies, uh, it's it's Your not a scary thing. Don't talk to it's, us. It's it's no. not a scary thing. It's not a scary thing to go through an audit. You know, it's not kidding everybody. Or, or at least following the standards and looking yeah. at the standards and making the best. And a practice. lot of you guys do. A lot of you guys do. So kudos to you that do use the standards. Um, they're much. I, I think they're a little bit better than than the OSHA standard, but um, you know, they're, they're a little more stringent than in certain aspects. So. Uh, they, they work out, you know, and, and it might slow you down a little bit, but it's all about diver safety at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, look into it. That's all I ask, you know, and, uh, again, this is a podcast for divers by divers mm-hmm. and, uh, we're not going to discriminate, uh, Port of Long Beach is non ADCI. So nope. it's not like we're, you know, we're saying you have to be it to listen to us or nothing like that. I'm just saying personally, it's, a uh, it's good to be, you know, in line with everyone else type of thing. And, and one more thing with the, um, the new standards are coming out for comment here shortly. Um, I thought they were supposed to be out May 1st, but I think we got pushed back for some alignment issues. But there will be some, um, a comment period for the new standards. There's, there'll be a gap analysis and like it will mention the section so you can go review and comment on it. 
So the more comments, the better. Uh, we've had changes from a one-month person out of, out of school, uh, a tender oh, offshore wow. that has made a change to the standards. So, That's so cool. it's not from, it's not like a seasoned superintendent. It's, it's from zero to, to whenever. Um, so they listen to everybody. We listen to so everybody. So comment, 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 make yeah. a difference. Yep. And like I said, safe, safety first. So Awesome. All right, Johnny. I guess we got to watch All the right. Lakers game. I mean, it is a pretty heated series. By the time you listen to this, the Lakers would have beat the Golden State Warriors and are now playing Hopefully. for the championships. <laughs> Hopefully. And if they're not, then I have egg all over my face. Don't yeah. I? Yep. You sure do. But, I mean, I think we can take them. It's fine. Yeah, I okay. hate to break it to you, but it's going to be a tough game. The scores are close. Yeah, oh, that's well, what's fine. As long but as see, but that's what I'm saying. Good. Like, you know, we they just hit like eight or four or five threes already, and it's only we're only down four or five. And I mean, yeah, no, we're still fine. Striking distance, yeah, we're fine. Yeah, it's not gonna be striking distance. I would be nervous if I was a Gold State fan. That's all I guess. Yeah, say. for sure. Yeah, if it's not like twenty points, then yeah, if you're not blowing us out, stop us now. You're in trouble. You can't stop us now. All right, let's go, go Lakers, go Divers, go whiskey. Delicious. Thank you, Jeffrey. Man, Johnny, missing out, dude. That's all right. I know. I'll I'll be all right. All right, dude. Well, cheers. Well, Well, let me know when you're uh, done, and I'll I'll send you some other stuff. Ooh, look at you getting getting the care package sent back to you. Yeah. I mean, I can be done now, really. If you want to, I love you. Well, I I can just just let me know when you're back on the wagon. My gosh. Echo one niner. We'll see you guys on the next episode of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. Over now. Wow. I said Roger. Wow. I don't even play video games. That sounded like one of those first person shooter games. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. Make sure you like and follow on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook. Please share this podcast with your friends or anyone interested in commercial diving. The only way that uh, we can make this successful is if we do get a lot of people that are listening. We get more listeners, we get more sponsors, and that means more free stuff for you guys. That's right. We are hooking up all of our diver brothers and sisters in the trade. And uh, if you keep sharing and liking, we're able to do that a lot more. Our Instagram is at BottomDwellersDS. Our Facebook is Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. And you can always like and follow me at LB Diver on both. The Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack is available on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. We also have it streaming on our website at thebottomdwellers.com. So keep listening, keep it safe, keep it salty. This is LB Diver, out. <laughs>